Hey y'all, this is episode 4 of All Your Things Are Gone with uh, Jay Heasley and Dale Connolly is the super star guest this episode. Uh, I'm sure if you know anything about Boston Rock, and I'm sure you do if you're listening to this, uh, he was in a band called Lynx. Great drummer, amazing drummer, phenomenal drummer, just wowed people, wowed audiences, and uh, we talk about where he was when he was in that band, how it got to that point, where he is now, what he did after Blinks, all kinds of things, Like, and he's, he's very forthcoming and very honest about things. And I appreciated a lot of it and seeing him again for the first time in I don't even know how long it must be like 12 years now I, mean, I don't know how long so whatever that 2003 2004 long fucking time I haven't seen him and we were never very close I mean we saw each other in the hallway of the Waterdown house and we grunted at each other and we drank beers together smoked, smoked butts together but um I feel like I know him more now. I I don't know him entirely, and I don't think anybody ever will. It's Dale Connolly, and he's kind of an enigma, and I think he likes it that way. And he'll probably tell you right straight to your face. I don't give a fuck what you think about me, and I don't care who knows what I think or who I am. That's just who he is. But this is a great interview, and he's a special guest. Also a roommate of mine from that time. And I think that he brought a lot of uh, great stories to the the table. I appreciate him coming by, and I think he enjoyed it as well. This is uh, Dale Connolly on All Your Things Are Gone. How long did it take you to get here? I'm going to say three and a half hours, but that's because I stopped at two different Starbuckses. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of coffee. That's all the talking I I do, though. you still in that maroon Astro (laughs) van? Yeah. That thing, that thing was. Uh, what you, what I had two of them. Of I had an Astro, then I had a Safari, which is just the, the GMC thing. version. Maybe, yeah. it was a, maybe it was the Safari. That I'm but I never with. got one of the newest ones that was all-wheel drive. They made them all-wheel for a little bit, and then they just canceled that. Yeah. But it was the only minivan that was made on a truck chassis. Yeah. And it was a 4.3. You could put four guys and all your shit in that, right? Yeah. And I, you can still go to like when you're in Pennsylvania and you're doing one of these for like no shit like five miles of just a little bit of incline yeah. it'll still do it and yeah. it doesn't give a fuck right. and that thing all the shows I did mm-hmm. like some 45s in a row and shit no problem with that van ever that's why I bought the second one Yeah, you know those are those were really solid vans they don't have a version of that anymore Yeah, there's no no square version of anything that you can put stack a lot of cabinets in yeah it's that's like basically a, a truck it, it, it is kind of, I mean, or at least it's, like a, it's like a mini. It's like a mini truck with like a di- different shell. Right? Well, the hard thing is, is we were doing it the work. We should do this because some of the stuff I, I'll I might repeat. Yeah, I'm sorry if that makes any sense. No, that's fine. Just I mean, just talk. So you were doing you were doing 45 dates in that van. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah. Well, no, I was gonna. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna talk about how shitty those tours were, but yeah, do it. Um, is this for which for which band? What are you talking? Are you talking about Lynx? Are you talking? About? Yeah, that, yeah, that's Lynx. Yeah, yeah. But l- let's do this. Say say what you're trying to get out of this. L- like like uh, this what is, is what the I'm subject? To get out what of is it. the subject of it? The subject is uh, more or less that era of music that we all know really well. And I 
more or less don't want people to forget about it. That's that's basically the underpinning of the whole thing. Yeah. So people like you were here, and then you've also been to Chicago and and played there as well with different bands. So I just want to get a, archive something of yeah, yeah of all okay. that. Shit. I got I got you. So uh, yeah, if you want to talk, talk about, about motorcycles too, I, I yeah. like that too. If you want to talk about, uh, well, I, I can Link's go. Tour. I can go through the story of the way I remember shit coming from. You can swear it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Relevant. You know, coming from where I came from, and then why I, I should start early so that I can uh, explain why I even know everybody. Yes. That's from Massachusetts. You know. So I was playing in a band in Maine. I quit school. I was about 14. We started playing like all the time. And at that point, we were playing four days a week, like four hours a day, each one of those practices. And this happened, this was going on for years. So like when I started, I was like really, really couldn't play at all. I don't think any of us could play. But that was me and Nathan and Jamie, um, Nathan Cowan. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, the other band that was around in Maine that we knew was Loga. Okay. Loga was... The, 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 the band with Jamie and Nathan, that was Phyllis, right? Yeah, that's Phyllis. And... I don't have that. I, I remember having that... You have that CD? That. I don't have that anymore. But is that the feline thing? More, well, than, more than a feline thing is, yeah, two songs of each band. Um... Because I didn't know I didn't know anybody, but Loga Loga two of them came down here to go to Mass Art. So at that point, um, I sort of we sort of just knew Digabob from you know from the Cape because we set up a couple of shows where it was all those bands, and I have that shit on VHS actually, um, but you know I. I was playing with that. I was playing with that band. We we're getting the shows that we wanted, but but Maine's wicked bad. Like if you you can get a show with say, say like you're 15 years old, and you get a show with Shutter to Think, and I've seen at that point I had seen Shutter to Think open for Fugazi, mm-hmm. and you're thinking this is the best you're gonna do. I'm in rural Maine, right? Yeah. And you have that show and you're pumped, and then there's like three people there, and at that point you go, okay, what's what's what are we doing? Um. So Maine always bummed me out as far as playing music goes. That's why I don't bother while I'm up there. I don't even think about it because it's like I don't. I have no interest in playing to. I don't know. I shouldn't say anything horrible about it, but it's it's not for that. It's for like other things. But um, so we started playing a lot out of state. Like we'd go to uh, the knitting factory and stuff like that, which reminds me of I've been listening to uh, "Hopelessness and Shame" by uh, Stinking Lizavetta. So our first show was with Stinking Lizavetta at um, our first show in New York. This is Phyllis. Was with Stinking Lizavetta in the small room, which was awesome because they were, I didn't know who they were, but they were like kind of scary live, like really weird band. Mm -hmm. And the drummer's a girl and she's like, she's really, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't want to get into the you learned that many girl thing or something, but that's kind of it is kind of true. I mean, I know a couple girls that can like swing their arms, you know, and she's fucking scary. She's scary, and she she clicks into every song by going one, two, three, and then starting. You know, like she she does the the fake one. You know, like she's in a recording studio and like doesn't want to catch that click into the or you know what I mean. Like she's doing that, but also they were from Pennsylvania and they all like look like. 
they were some they had some weird religion or something. You know what I mean? Like that, there was something weird cultish. going on. Amish. They all looked Amish, and it, it was very weird. At first, I wasn't really into it because they had an upright bass, an electric upright bass. But anyway, so the second show that we had in New York was at the Knitting Factory again, again in the small room, but they were upstairs in the big room. Like they were moving forward. We were just like, you know, we weren't moving forward. But um, <clears throat> at some point, we started booking shows more in Boston and getting the shows that we wanted. And then the guy that I was playing with, Nathan, he bought a house. I was at practice, and he bought a house with a uh, with his girlfriend at the time. And when they came to practice, he didn't tell me because I think he was embarrassed or scared to say it. So, so the other guy says, "You know, Nathan bought a house with uh, with Kelly." And I go, "What do you mean exactly?" And he goes, "He goes. They signed a thing for a house." And I go, "Okay, I'm moving to Boston." <laughs> it was just like that because I was like if we're going to fuck around here I'm done you know what I mean I, I wanted to go on tour yep. and I didn't want to go to Boston I had no interest in Boston because Boston was small potatoes when you're in the middle of nowhere you don't go to Boston for you know like I mean it's just the closest easiest thing waste of a move right right I, in my mind it was like New York or, or Chicago or something you know something like let's just do a real move you know for me but the only people I knew were the guys from Loga that lived in in Boston, the only place I thought I could move was in with Ian from Logo. So I moved in with him, and then Dan asked if I wanted a uh, wanted to uh, share a apartment, uh, which was next to. We got the apartment like right next to where Paul and everybody was living. Paul and Mike and <coughs> Finney, Eric and Scott and Fuck. Sean, mm, that's uh, a lot of J- fucking people. John Nick Williams for a while was there. Is that Calumet or something? Yeah, that's Calumet. It's on Mission Hill. It's, yeah. it's like right up the hill from. Um, I only heard about that. It was obviously way before my yeah. time. But. It was just up the hill from from Massart. So me and Dan had our place, and Nathan moved into at least for a while, and um, there was a couple other people in that apartment. But um, so I was hanging out with them, and I was trying to start something with somebody, and. Mike was like, at some point, Mike Mike asked me and Paul, and he already had Dave to, to play in Lynx. And I didn't have any interest in playing with... Well, he's kind of like, he's an obnoxious person. You know, like and, and like when you meet him, and I was just like, I don't even want to listen to him talk and shit. And so you get used right. to it. Yeah, he's oh, just... Okay. <laughs> it's just all kinds of crazy. And it was much worse back then. Um, but, you know, he was just excited about... Everything and it was annoying, you know. He's, yeah, he's just overexcited. I don't think he's obnoxious. Oh, no, it, it could get, it could felt, get really felt obnoxious. Like Dave had like a real. I mean, I didn't know Dave, but like I felt like he had like an air about him, like his like nose was up in the air sometimes. Mm. He, he well, he wasn't. Oddly, he wasn't really around for for most of those. The, you know, on Calumet Street, he yeah. wasn't around much. Um, whatever he was doing at school, like he seemed to think it was like. You know, like law school. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he always had to be doing work. You know, on something. That's the way he talked about it. Like he had to go home and do study or something. Whatever. Um, you know, you don't the time. We're we're playing. You know, Mario Kart and, and like <laughs> get your get your priorities straight, asshole. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, well, you know, I don't I don't know much about those any of the different things they were doing in mass art. I just know everybody was going to mass art. Mm. It seemed like. Uh, there was a couple guys that weren't. Scott wasn't doing anything like that. He didn't know what he was doing. He was just kind of like sitting around. And um, and the bands that were going on right then were there was there was Phelan Moore, which is Morgan and um, Finney playing drums, and um, Paul playing bass. 
And then there was Dagobah, which was all but dead because there was something weird going on with John. Like he he was going to move out and it was like there was some weird static there where John wasn't hanging out with us and I don't know what that is, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of over. So those guys, Dan and Paul, started playing in Challenger um, with Scott. Scott didn't come up with Rent. He didn't do anything. <laughs> he knows this. He knows he got stuff. <laughs> so he, he didn't do anything for like a certain amount of time and then Paul said, you know, you, you know, and he had to move back to the Cape. So that band kind of got, even though they recorded once, yep. kind of got just killed. Doesn't, you know, it, yeah. j- it just died. So those guys started playing with Nathan, and that was Joyce County McCarthy, which that recording, both those recordings are really good because. I've never heard that shit. It, those two. I have that from Trevor. Uh, yeah, well. Trevor I mean, probably. There was probably, another, there was probably another working name for it at some point. I don't know. But anyway, those two between those two recordings, those are the much better recordings than the ones we were getting early on when Keith was recording at his mother's house. The only reason we were going there was because it was fifty bucks a song. That's how it started. Um, and after the first Lynx recording there, we couldn't do it there anymore. So we had him bring us to this other place. I like that EP. Yeah, you know, sounds pretty good. I it's the only it time. It's the last time I'll ever record something. Uh, like separate tracks. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm alive, dude. It's I, I can't. I can hear that. I can't hear anybody. You know. Um, I didn't know it wasn't recorded. Live. That first one wasn't because it was in Keith's mother's house, and you know, it was everybody's in one room. So I'm like, we can't just all record like this. You know, right. we would have done better if we did, but it wouldn't be clear at all. Yeah. Um, that's what I thought anyway. But um, so everybody's living on Calumet, and. Uh, those are the bands that are going on. Robots is still in the background, but Nathan's in whatever cult. And I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I think I that's think fair. That's, that's not unknown. Is that no, no? I think he might even think of it that way. Found Jesus or whatever. I don't know what, but I think I, I don't know what kind of bullshit it was. But it was like he, it was like he wasn't supposed to sleep for a certain amount of time. He was supposed to wake up, and you're only allowed to sleep for this long, and then you have to wake up and pray. And it was like. It was like sleep deprivation, so like a weird strike, tactics to a sleep strike. Mind I don't know control. what they were doing. Yeah. All I know is is that they, they they went over his finances. They said, "Okay, you're making this much a week. We take this much. You Fuck can live on that." You. So at that point, you know, but he was into it, and he was, you know, he's one of those people that are looking for something. Yeah. And and you know, sometimes Jesus seems like the guy, or what you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No, I no, I get it. I don't have beef with Jesus. He seems like an alright guy. He was, yeah. The, sure. the, the rest of it, I don't it's know about. Ball, yeah. But um, but so <clears throat> he wasn't around that much, and, and Robots was kind of a dead band. They later would kind of get back together, and then whatever you know. Yeah. But um, but so Paul was in a bunch of different stuff. Mike was asking me and Paul to be in in some new project. It didn't have a name, and he had showed Dave how to play the guitar a little bit, like well enough to like start, because uh, he didn't really own you know he didn't own one for very long, and um. So I said no to Mike. So at the Why beginning, did you say no? he's just kind of obnoxious and he didn't come from anywhere. As far as I knew, is I had no reason. To, you know, when somebody's talking to you about playing, I have no reason to say yes unless I kind of know you have some kind of idea what they're fucking trying to do or sure. something. And it wasn't like that. I I didn't know, and he wasn't coming from something like he knew what I was coming from because. You know what I mean? When you know what's going on with somebody, sort of. Yeah. Um, and he asked Paul, and Paul also said no. 
Um, Paul said no. I said no. And there was a my roommate Mike was uh, playing with them, and Finney was playing drums for a little while. So that's actually how the, that band was. I don't think Mike remembered. Mike Mike can't remember both his kids' names at the same time. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He's not. He's not good with shit, shit like that. That's why you have to record everything when you're practicing with him. Because it's fucking forget. There's no way to remember, and that's the good thing about Paul is. Paul does remember and he can go put your fingers there mm-hmm. he like he's the good middleman. like he's he's like and he does it without anybody be feeling kind of like threatened by it sure because um, people listen to Paul he's a goofy fuck but well, I think but he knows why, what he's I think that's why people don't get offended because he's easy to talk to and he he's like hey yeah it doesn't matter none of this yeah. matters yeah. It's like, and he's he's always trying to normalize things, you know. Like when you're write, when you're writing something, we're thinking like let's do something weird, and he normalizes those things so they aren't absolutely ridiculous. Because otherwise, <laughs> wow, does that mean that goes off? Uh no, it was just the the sensors behind the cabinet. Oh, that's yeah. weird. The lights went out. Anyway, so, so he's like he's like adding some of the melody to the to. The, Whatever. Yeah, yeah, we're just trying to rearrange things so it's just not really bonkers, silly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when we said no, you know, the other guys were doing it, and then after a little while, I went downstairs because it's in the basement. So like, yeah, people are playing, and what happens is you go, like, they're messing around. Eh, I'll go down there, and you do that, and then, then I was doing it for a, a little bit of time, and then Paul kind of like. That's if he doesn't have to make a decision, he'll do something because he's just listening and he's going, "Why the fuck are they playing that for a long time? And then that for like nothing?" Like you know, he he's hearing what's wrong. Yeah. So he comes downstairs and he starts messing around, but you know, non-committal or whatever. Yeah. And then after a little while, it just seems like that's the band. So that's the band. But um, that, that tradition moving forward in time, I don't think the bands were formed from it. But I mean, in the Watertown house yeah. that we lived in. It was always like you could just go down and hang out when other people were playing. Right, because Dale and Scott were playing weird metal stuff together right at one point. Physical, right? Yeah, physical. Was, yeah. And then did you start playing with them at that, that was point? After. Okay. That was, I think I replaced Dale. <clears throat> that, oh, yeah, that might have been. I don't remember how that happened. Out. Yep, Kevin was long gone. Yeah. I think you took my. Like I took your place because yeah, yeah, I left in somewhere Maine or Chicago. Yeah, did you live, did you move to Chicago after that? After Watertown? Oh, after Watertown. This is wrecking the timeline. I went back. Yeah, I went back to Maine for a really short period. This is post links, but um, we skipped. That's all right. Yeah. Four years. Or no, well, yeah, no. I mean, I I don't have it all planned out. I, I, my timeline's probably all messed up in my mind, but. Uh, it sounds, so it sounds fairly accurate, even I mean, though I wasn't there for it. Yeah, so and, I, and, I, and I don't no reference, but I never heard like the shit about like how many. There seems to have been like a lot of flux influx of different people that. Yeah, no, just at the didn't very, end up at being, the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, he tried a few other. They tried a few other people. It, you know, it's just casual. Whatever, whatever you know, but uh, it's easier for people when uh, there hasn't been a decision made, made, and they don't have to decide. If you ask Paul to do something, he's going to have a hard time doing it. I know. If you, if you just let him, if you just let him naturally, kind of like he's very not committed to doing this. Yeah. He yeah. said he's like gets excited about it, and then I'm like, all right, what about this date? He's like, that I never heard back. Again. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of interesting actually knowing the band as well as like Jay and I know links the the result. Uh, and knowing Finn on drums, imagining oh. Finn 
the band would not completely be completely different drummer yeah. on that in that music is is like it would be so much more frantic and like too busy for what's going on in the songs like, I, I listen to like that Victory at Sea record that he's on which I, which I really dig but um, could you move in oh sure <laughs> sorry That's well you know the, at that time at that time the drummers that were around and the, the, all this people people talk about they say, they say these weird things like they, everyone's trying to talk about math rock because they like that they know that name for some subgenre or something they just throw it around because they like that they know that name um, I most of the stuff they're talking about I don't think is it's that math rock I wouldn't think so no I mean I think most music that we would consider math rock is not like or stuff math that, rock now is is extremely strange is it is nothing to, it doesn't this is like from my uh, experience with YouTube <laughs> And hearing and seeing this very strange, like almost like Steve Vai, like it's very busy guitar. Yeah, it, it it doesn't have it doesn't sound anything like the late nineties, like the early 2000s. that band. What was that band that, that came out of uh, the Nintendo cover band? It, uh, uh, I don't remember. They were from like Advanced. San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. And they were the it was the drummer and guitar player. Anyway, that's what I picture math rock being now. Just like fucking fill as much space as you can with as many notes. I don't think we at, at that point talking late 90s I don't think we were using that that term the term that you would hear would be instrumental oh yeah sure because that Im- sort of implies it's probably it's probably complicated but the best description I think I heard was somebody saying um, some somebody saying that it was uh, yeah it doesn't matter now I guess <laughs> No, no, it, I, it was it was Aaron Turner, and it was secondhand. I was hearing this from Aaron Harris, and he said those clever kids. Oh, he was calling like a he was calling us clever, but he that was him shitting on us. Sure, but I was like, you know. But the thing is that most cry? of that most of that fucking metal metalcore too? music is is you know overly complicated for no fucking reason. Yeah, you know, it's like the, you can't they don't stay on one chord progression for more than like three measures. It's like it's like converge, like stop. Stop and play one fucking thing yeah. for a little longer than you know a minute. Right. Whatever. Well, that's the thing. Back back then, there was a bunch of especially when there wasn't no singing and there's no singer songwriting, two dimensional writing where one guy writes it all and then he shows you this stuff. Yep. Um, that was the beginning of links. He had written a little bit of stuff and we we did that. Then after that, it was like we have to write together in a room so it's not two dimensional or like it sounds like. Whatever. I, I mean, if I knew Pete Townsend, I'd be trying it the other way. But you know, like he would sit in a room, you know, write all that stuff, and then it would probably change some once people started getting sure. you know, playing. Yep. You know, but after all, it, it's really hard to sit in a room and just like write out of nothing. You know, just really try. You need some starting point. It, it was sort of like that, but it was also understood that you nobody was supposed to come with an idea what they, you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and sometimes you get the feeling they were cheating, but if the part's good enough, you just start or whatever. I remember you saying one time that you were never happy with any of the parts. No, <laughs> I would get re- I would get stoked about some of the parts coming up. Yeah, that you know, like I like playing wise, I, w- I would still be able to get to the place where you want to get. You know, like you're you're actually into this. Mm-hmm. But um, but as far as like a whole song goes, there's not there's I don't even know if there is a whole song there. Like I mean, there as far as links goes, we weren't trying to do it that way. Um, 
you're just trying to like you're trying to keep like interest and you're trying to put together something that's like compelling enough to listen to the next part but as far as like a whole song goes it's 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 doesn't really function that way and that's why you you can make recordings but uh that won't be important i mean basically you want to see a live or you don't sure which is the shitty part about the the internet is i've been to shows that they've recorded i was at the uh i was at the the jesus lizard show that the only live one that, that i know of that they released I was at that show, and that shit was, it was like fucking hot sparks flying. It was crazy, and it's the best thing I've ever seen live. You put out a video of it, and it's... You're never going to capture that. that, Well, that shit's going to change, that shit changed my life, you know? And then you look at a video, and it's like, it just always sucks, comparatively. Like the, oh, vi- yeah. the video, the videos of links. The uh, there's a handful of different links videos, like on on. Well, the one that somewhere. the one that they don't, they, don't, they don't capture at all what was happening. Yeah, no, no. You can tell. You can tell. Like that's one hell of a drummer. But I mean, live, it was like borderline frightening. It is to watch you play. Well, you went right up front, and I mean, the playing this this tiny little skinny guy. Just hit, hitting the drums harder than I've ever seen anybody. I've never seen anybody come close to that. I don't think it was just it, it was it was something to see. So it was like, that doesn't translate to, to video. And people people went just to see Dale, more or less. I don't know. I, I in a lot of in that a lot might of be true. I, I it was weird when I saw guys show up that kind of looked like meatheads and they were and they were like raising their arms and she did like, have some weird fans that, that, one of the one of the I, I one of, weird about maybe that. the last show that we went to before you guys broke up was I think upstairs Middle East and there were like a lot of growy college guys and there was like a scuffle and it was like this okay. isn't that kind of, this isn't yeah, that kind of band like this isn't yeah well no I mean it, People that would be dancing if if you gave them a part long enough to dance yeah, right. shouldn't really be in the place, and that that's just the way. I mean, that's the way it seemed to me anyway. Um, this was very very anti dance scene. That's right. That's all the Middle East is now is a dance club. Well, you get there's a lot more money in that kind of oh, for sure. thing. I'm sure that's the worry. I think I, I talk, we talked about this. Yeah, but that's before, right. But well, this this the the current practice space that we're in. Mm-hmm. This is this place is gonna be sold off to be. It's gonna be condos in yeah. any moment. It's they'll yeah. be like and then, gonna get out. I mean, the, then more or less, I think the music scene in in Boston will implode for the most part, unless and then it'll just be blues rock dad blues rock bands who have a space at their above their garage and well, the, the Grateful Dead, the Grateful Dead cover bands that play at the Midway. Yeah, like the early they show, clean up though, they, right? They they're packed. Mm. People love that stuff. Yeah, I'd rather, That's what just, I'd rather just work. I'd rather get a job. Actual, I mean, people. People sometimes I feel like they're look. They think about working, and I know a lot of people that have just tried to keep on pushing through this. And you know, there's really no money in it. No, and not not in anything that you want to be playing. Even the guys that that I think are doing as well as a drummer can do, especially drums. Mm-hmm. Um, when they talk about the actual numbers. Um, it's kind of a hard living. Like, it really is kind of like session guys. You're talking. I'm talking like Dave Dave uh, Lombardo. I'm talking oh, like, yeah. you know, Slayer goes on tour. He goes on tour, you know, six or eight months, and he comes home with. I'm not even. I'm not going to quote 
Sure. But it comes to homes with shit. Like you should just, he could just have any old job and he'd be doing better. And he's a full, yeah, he gets a full. But does he know how to do, does he want to do anything else? Or did like, would he be uncomfortable doing anything else? Like, would he not know how to do it himself? Like if he were to come home every night. Well, that's not, that's not the problem. The the problem like that that I've always seen is I know how much money went through the door Mm -hmm. and then I can kind of guess how much money they made at the bar. Yeah. Now I'm not seeing any of it. And that, that's what, that's what bothers me because it's being generated based on them coming to see you. I mean, I, you know, like say if you're playing at the Middle East, people don't go into the Middle East that, I mean, there are no places to sit. No. You know, you know what I mean. It's not. It's not. The, I wouldn't sit in that. Pay to go in that room and then just sit in there for the ambiance. I mean, you're the, <laughs> why not? You're there, you're there to watch something. Fuck you know what I mean. For the most part, if you go in that room, you're there sure. to watch something. Yeah. So that means at that point, I want some of that. Of course, these bands didn't get paid until Links moved to Chicago, and then when you come back, in their minds, that's different because hmm. you're not local. Like, you, like you had to travel to get there. That means you get the the right amount of money and when I say right it's it gets pretty good Mm -hmm. but it's a weird thing also they always had too many bands so you're splitting up you know you mean on shows yeah nothing goes like five ways pretty you know what I mean you can take any amount of money and if it's going five ways it's kind of rough Um, and it cost me a lot of money to play because I I mean you don't have to break stuff you know what I mean? Like, I mean, <laughs> you do. Well, I want. I mean, that's part of it for me. It's like I don't. That's part of. That's part of what I want to get out of my goddamn rock and roll fantasy is breaking shit. Like, I mean, I want little shards of sticks flying around and shit. That feels good. And you know, it's going to cost you a lot of money. But anyway, um, the 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 fresh crack in a symbol doesn't feel good. <laughs> Well, you lay down another four hundred dollars for a, a ride. Well, that's it. It gets really rough. Yeah, like, because because if you figure if I if you go if you knew you did a month of shows, you did thirty in a row, and you know that you had to buy hi hats because of it, you had to buy a ride because of it, and you had to buy forty pairs of sticks <laughs> because of it. Or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, sure. And then so. the heads. Mm-hmm. If you figure that out, and you go, okay, well, that's for a month. So if you break down that math. Like you're going backwards the whole time. No matter how good it's been going, you're kind of starting to go backwards. Anyway, um, so my you did enjoy it when you were doing it. You know, I wasn't having a good time, but it was it was purpose. It was purpose. Yeah, it was driven by purpose. Like I felt good. Like I thought I was doing fucking God's work. You know what I mean? Like I was. It was very purposeful. Like I mean, I moved to Boston to play music. I was playing music. I was going where I wanted to go. Um. And you know that felt good. I didn't enjoy myself that much because I'm I, like I'm just more, more when I was younger. I was just very unhappy, just an asshole. You know, just, just so unhappy that nothing goes very well around me. You know, um, you could, I couldn't enjoy anything. And if that if there's anything that sucks about all of that stuff, it's just that I didn't really enjoy much of it. You know, it, as far as because like, you were unhappy or whatever. Yeah, I just in general. Yeah, um, I was trying to get something done at. You know, at the cost of kind of enjoying anything. Mm. I was just trying to push so something happened, you know. Um, but so we're on, I'm going to go back to Calumet. We're on Calumet. Sure. And then we started getting okay shows. We had our first show. Our first show was almost exactly 21 years ago. It was with Rosa Sharon and yeah. Calvin Crime. 
Calvin Crime ended up being Harmar Superstar. Like that was the guy oh, that was the singer. Um, but that was our first show. Those guys were really nice. Mm. Um, the Roses Sharon were nice guys too. Um, but Lord. I think that was actually a TT's. But the only reason I know this is because I got a text message from from somebody and I didn't know who it was. And they said our last, sh- our first show was 21 years ago. Blah blah blah, but I don't recognize any of the numbers, and it's going to four different people. So I had to deduce <laughs> yeah. myself that it came from Dave, which is weird because I haven't spoken to Dave or seen Dave since 2001, I think. Wow. So that means, yeah. like, that was it was just weird. I what don't know how to do? get my number. What is he doing? Is he still playing, or is he just? I think, as far as I know, battles is still going on, but mm-hmm. he's not. I, I don't know that that's over. I don't know either way. Um, but I think he does graphic design as a means to... I, 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 I'm not exactly sure. Right. Well, I mean, you don't see somebody for like 16 years and try to keep track. <laughs> what? But, and, and, you know, there's no real reason for that other than, um, you know, I for whatever reason, I, I... Well, Mike lives in Maine, so I run into Mike. And, I mean, we do things, you know, together. I see Mike... But Paul also, I don't see very often. I probably saw him at Mike's house probably like five years ago, but I haven't seen him since then. I don't think anybody sees Paul. Yeah, no, I, I think, well, especially now with kids and stuff, yeah. he's he's doing that thing. But um, so that was 21 years ago. After a few shows, we started getting the ones we wanted because we started asking people for the shows we wanted. Like we'd go to Storm and Seth show, Stress Show and just go up to Ian after the show and be like, we want to play with your band when you're, you know, when Don Cat goes here, we want that show. So like, it's better to do that. Just, just say that's what we, you know what I mean? You have the cloud to do it. Fuck yeah, you should. Well, there was no cloud. I mean, it's just, he, you're talking to him and either he thinks you seem like a dipshit or you don't or something. You know what I mean? That's all there is. So our third show was downstairs in the Middle East, which is funny because, so Dave goes from not knowing how to play guitar, not playing a band. His third show is downstairs at the Middle East and I see him break a string he goes down to fix his string or whatever, and then he looks up at me like scared shitless. I don't know. What and no, and and <laughs> fuck. And Paul, he looked over at Paul and he asked him to do it because he couldn't string, he couldn't, he, was, he couldn't put a string through the hole. Yeah, that's how freaked out he was. You know what I mean? But and I understand that because sure. Phil, like downstairs, full, and it's only your third show. I remember when I was there you, when yeah, I was young yeah, playing shows. Fucking, it make you go crazy. Like I mean. You get all the nerves and stuff. But. That might have been the first time I saw you. you. Yeah, that, that was the first time. Ones, that was because I because that was I had been introduced to to the EP by like you and Jay Bailey a little bit before that, right? And I was like, this stuff sounds pretty pretty interesting. And then we went, we went to the show, and it had quite an impact. Well, yeah, well, that, back then you could go to a show and see three or four of the bands that you wanted to see. Nowadays, I don't, I don't know that that really works out that way. But anyway, so how, did, so from where, from where did you go from there? Uh, from the first shows, we went to. At that point, Paul's still playing with other bands, doing a little bit of this and that. What was he? Did, what bands was he in? Do you remember? Uh, I feel like Robots just kept on popping up, but only for a short period. Yeah, there was there was always a craziness around that, um, but they were good. Um, he was playing some shows with uh, Finian uh, Morgan, which was Phelan Moore. And then he was, uh, there was a couple shows that happened with Nathan. There was at least one that happened with Nathan Wurst. And there was at least one that happened with Challenger. So there was one that happened as um, 
you know, McCarthy, Joyce, Cowing, or whatever. Um, but we started playing quite a bit of shows out of town, and then people that were coming from Chicago would stay with us, so we sort of knew people from Chicago. And um, we were kind of like the place to stay for the bands that were kind of like our band or something. Um, bands like Oxes, they were from Chicago, but bands like that. Oh, I'm going to tell you a story about uh, my favorite story about Oxes. That's actually about me. <laughs> okay, so I we used to go to we used to stay at Oxes' house, and that's really Nat's house. I don't think the other I think the only yeah the guys are only there sometimes. Um, so the way their living room is. Um, there's a bunch of windows like towards the street. So when you're in their living room, it kind of feels like you're on display to the street. This is Baltimore. Um, so everybody's like sitting around. He throws on this. It's supposed to be like his father's boner jams, like like his father's <laughs> favorite uh, favorite porn, porn movies. And uh, it's just like a mix or whatever. And I'm sitting there and you're on tour. So like you haven't been alone in quite a while. You know, like, you know, you're in a little van. Um, you never have really time to take your time to shit, and you basically never have time to jack it. So, I, and so like <laughs> these guys are like we're sitting around, which is worse. It's worse to be watching a porno. You're sure. sitting in a room with like eight guys that yeah. are all heteros. There's, there's no <laughs> no reason for that. So anyway, it, you know we're watching that, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna go over to that bar, blah blah blah." And I was like, "I was like, okay, see you guys later." <laughs> You know, but I'm standing in this room and it's a giant TV. It's not like you can move, I can move the TV to the fucking bathroom, right? <laughs> so I'm standing in this room. This is, a, this is like pretty flat screen TV. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. This, 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 is, this thing's heavy. Two, 200 pound, you know, TV. I'm not moving it or mm-hmm. whatever. And there's no way to be private in that room. And I'm thinking, okay, you're going to, you're going to jack off in this room right now, but there's all those windows. And what happens when they walk back up and they walk in? It's not going to be cool. So I'm thinking, what should I do? How could I make this cool? And I'm looking around, and I'm trying to figure it out. And I find these uh, diving glasses, like those little tiny glasses <laughs> that you put put on for, like, swimming. Yeah, yeah. And I realized that if they walked in and I had my dick in my hand, it would be all right because it was weird. <laughs> Like you, you, you've got the you've got the glasses on, and they go, they go. Oh, this is just a weird situation. Instead, it was. Oh, so like, it's funny. It's not. Just, it's not. Yeah, I, it's just I turned funny. it from creepy to like slightly artsy. Sure. Like sure. that was the best it was gonna. I was gonna do. But when you're on tour, trying to shit and trying to jacket those two things, they're really important. And a lot of times, they just don't happen. Those are those are the two things that you need to be doing. You know. Or else yeah. you get yourself into some kind of trouble. I was going to say, yeah, does it come out in other ways, like anger and shit? Well, no, I mean, you're just going to, you're going to, like, mess around with somebody you shouldn't be. Or, you know, you're just going to be, like, you're going to end up having to shit once you get to one of those real clubs that are yeah. like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, like you some know. Some place in Chicago where it's just, like, yeah, an open door. Just really, really, really yeah. bad. But uh, No TP, no doors. Yeah. Not even probably a seat, just straight port. And there's just somebody standing there looking at you. Yeah. But, uh, Drinking a beer. So at this, between your legs, probably. At this point, I'm going to say they graduated uh, from MassArt. Yeah. We've been around for like you know, two years. I don't know, whatever. And we were going to move to Chicago, which we did. I think the thinking was like it'd be better or something. And the only good thing about moving to Chicago, really, was that 
it was more central if you're not talking about touring like you could go to the west coast or you could go to the east coast you could do you it's just more it's in their middle that's the only thing it's got going for it as far as this story goes um because you don't just show up in town and like the label that you wanted to be on is like like really? they, yeah if they do know about you they're going they think we're just gonna put out their right you know like that's that's almost annoying so anyway you don't really do that um that band um links that move was pretty bad for us we barely made it through that move you know we started doing we started touring again um and we went on a it was like 45 days in a row and there was, a, there was the only reason it was like a day or two off and the only reason those days were off was because they had been a cancellation like some kind of problem it wasn't that we didn't set up 45 in a row so we did 45 in a row and a lot of it was in the south and a lot of it and it was the summer Oof. and you know I never slept in um, anybody's house during that band like they'd go in and sleep in somebody's house but it would bother me to be around people that uh, it was, I had this weird thing about it. when you go from house to house from state to state people are listening to the same record like they're all the same person and it bothers me that they don't have like a mind of their own and I know that everybody gets these records come out and they get excited yeah. everybody has that same record sure. but something about it bothers shit out of me like they're all the same person it's just I, I don't know the weird little things like that back then used to irk me and I would just so I'd stay out of it I might go in for a couple of minutes but I was sleeping in the van you know what I mean um, so I slept in the van for like 45 days mm-hmm. which means you know for one thing I got uh, it's here alone I got jock itch <laughs> that, that lasted for like seriously like nine months jock itch like it, it had like really dug its way into my legs yeah it was fucking horrible Oof. it was really bad I mean we're talking a bunch of doctors couldn't figure out what to fucking do you know but uh, so that that went away <laughs> <laughs> Did you try like uh, creams? And no, no, it was everything. It was everything. I mean, when you have nine months to work on something, you, you try quite a few things, a bunch of stuff. But so anyway, that that tour in itself. By the time I got back, I was smoked. So was Mike. We were both. We were both like, "This is fucking over with this." I mean, we want mostly. We needed to leave the city. Just get out of the fucking uh, whatever situation we were in. Um, but. You know, the band was, like, like not that important, con- you know, just that we needed to go do something else and get the fuck away from that. So touring probably killed that band. I always wanted to... They tried to set up shorter tours, and I would push really hard to make them longer, like, get as much done as possible. That's I, that's really how I've always... I wanted to work. Yeah. Like, I wanted to do so much that I, that I felt like I did a good job. But I also used to think that I put a value on something being bad, like if the, if you can do something that's even harder, then that means that it's got a greater value, which is a fucked up thing way to think, you know. Like I wanted things to be shitty so that I could push through that or something. Mm. It's it's a fucked up thing. Um, and we had recorded something and just put it out, so it was like the worst time for us to you know just implode to hang it up. Well, the, no, there was there were there was the EP. Yep. Recorded with with Keith. Yeah, that was at his mother's. Then to to, to clarify, Keith from Jetpack. Yep. And um, him. machines with magnets. That, machines with magnets, Keith. And then a- after that, somewhere in there, and I was this was all I didn't know anybody. There's another. There's another. There's another recording that never came out. 
Well, it depends on which one you're talking. Okay, there's a there's the white one. The white one we recorded at the place that it it was. uh, It's in Rhode Island, and it's a old fire station. It's the guy. The guys. I think the equipment that was there were was owned by the guys from. Who's that sub sub pop band? That's uh. Oh, I've been to that fucking space. You know what that is? Yeah, I think I, yeah. Um, so anyway, we recorded there and, um, and uh, Six Finger Satellite. So we, re- so we recorded there and we needed something to put out um, to go on tour. And that, that one we recorded there. And then once we moved to Chicago, we, reco- we went on tour and recorded at NRS, which is in, that's another one. Um, so that band actually recorded four times, but one of them, you know, this, the one that in the NRS one is in Baltimore. That's owned by the guys that are in Trans Am. Mm-hmm. Now we recorded and then I got back to Chicago with a TDK of it and we decided to kill that one. So I have a TDK that's like worth a thousand bucks. But it, but it's not, I mean it's like it's recorded over different you know like oh, something yeah, else it's, it's, like it's ghost it's, shit yeah it's just hor like it's a horrible thing but uh, so we we killed that and we decided to go to Bob Weston at Soma which is John McIntyre's studio and that's the one that most people have yeah um, and when I say most people I mean all twelve people <laughs> I think Billy Wayne actually bought half of them <coughs> there's more than you think. But well, yeah, I mean, I, uh, perhaps. Well, it can't be more than I think because I know how many we pressed. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that was the very end of being able to even sell physical copies of CDs anyway. Um, and we weren't able to press. You know, the things that I, I wish that would have happened is we could have pressed vinyl, obviously, and we could have. I would have liked to have gone to Europe once anyway. And at that point, I would have like, I would have been cool with, you know, it dying. Mm-hmm. But instead, we kind of like we we're just getting to the point where we we're getting the shows that we wanted. Because right after we quit, I got a call, and they're like, uh, "Bob Wesson called, called, and he wants to, he wants you guys, to, he wants to us to open for uh, Shellac in Boston at this giant place." And it, I mean, that's a fucking good show. We were getting shit shows once we moved to Chicago. We didn't get good shows no? anymore because that's annoying. Right <laughs> before we lived there, it was the same thing. I mean, you move to Chicago and then you, when you come back to Boston, Boston you're fucking, it's a fucking great show. Yeah, um, people weird. don't like when they when you're around that much or something. I don't. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. You get, That's why the last thing that I did the last saturation. Thing, the last thing that I worked on, I the first shows we played were we set it up. So we wrote the songs. We went on like a four four show little tour around cities that were around us, and then started playing in town. It's good for a couple reasons. One, people go, oh, they're really doing something. That's one. But the other thing is, is by the time you play in front of anybody that you know, you're already good. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you can already, you already kind of have a thing. That's a, that's a good idea. I mean... What band was this? That was Qualms. That was the last oh, thing that I did. Well, yeah. Do you, you, I, don't, I, I never saw... I don't, even know, have, I don't even know if I've ever heard it. I saw two Qualms shows. Qualms has a, a recording that we recorded at... Uh, at... Uh, Wait, I, I still have a Qualms t-shirt that you gave me. Oh, yeah. With the really hard to read, like, dark red on green. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit, I remember. That band was, it was short-lived. It was, uh, we were the drunkest band. There's a, I mean, I, if you told me that there was a drunker band, I, I don't think I'd believe you. We were so drunk, you know. 
Um, the last show that I, I played I can personally, verify, I can verify that for nine or two, ten years. Two shows <laughs> it's been about ten years since that last show. It was at the Empty Ball in Chicago. This is this is how that that's this is how I remember that show going. We're opening for a band that we knew that there was going to be quite a few people there. I'm so drunk that I pass up on the stage behind my drums. And the reason why I wake up is because it fills up and like people are loud. I get up, um, I come to, and I go to the bar, get a couple drinks or whatever. I get back on stage. I don't remember playing. And then we get off stage and Nathan runs up to me. And this at this point, that band was such a mess that at this point we're a two-piece. Because we'd already kind of lost one guy to how crazy everything was mm-hmm. and he was a friend his name was Ben he was a good guy um, and a good, good, good guitar player too but um, there was a lot of shit going on back then and uh, I get off stage Nathan runs up to me and he starts yelling at me because I played so bad that he was just pissed that everybody saw a shit show and I punch him once in the face and then he stops for a second and then he starts yelling again and then I punch <laughs> him again in the face and then he stops and he's like, <sighs> and then he walks away. Like he, you know, <laughs> but there was no talking to me. I mean, yeah. I, I was just a mess. Um, so I grab that. Sh- you know, right, right after that happened, I grab my my cymbals, but not my drums. Not my drums that I've owned since I was thirteen. Right, I grab just the cymbals and I walk outside, and then I go to the Amtrak place and I took a you know back to here back or to back Maine because I was I was fucking. I was wasted. See, so you, you lost your drums, so you're gone. No, no. Nathan was nice enough to bring them home with him, <coughs> and then he moved back to Maine, so he actually transported them back to me. Oh, too. nice. I uh, think I think when uh, uh, I saw the sh- uh, the house show in Boston, and then the next show is uh, O'Brien's for the Qualms tour, and I think we were talking quite a bit, at, and you were exceedingly drunk um, at the house show. And I think you almost described it as like this is a, this is self destruction. Like the whole point of this is well, yeah. The band in my mind, I wanted it to kill itself because you know of natural causes. I wanted it. To, I had no interest in going into my thirties. I, I never thought that I would, and I hadn't done anything that I wanted to do, and I wanted to see it just burn down around me and explode on stage or something. You know what I mean? Like I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be over because I didn't have a second. Secondary plan. Mm. I set it up so you had to play drums, and now I haven't, which is, you know, a really. I have absolutely no purpose in life. If if you talk to anyone that knows me now, there's all I do is I I do things like a normal person does, yeah. but I'm doing them because I saw them on TV. I saw what other people do, and that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no point to it. There's no important thing in my life. And I've been alone basically this whole time. You're a carpenter? Uh, No, I'm almost... I've been painting houses since 1998. I've had the exact same job since 98. So, you know, whatever. Um, I I feel... I mean, I... I, Well, you got to understand, by the time... When you saw us play, and I was talking about... Talking in this way. Yeah. That isn't unlike how I might have talked about it a year before, but my father had just killed himself. Yeah. So things were. If I didn't have a reason to drink before, you did. I, I had plenty of reason. Now, at the when that band died, um, I stayed drunk for about another year, and then, um, I because my father had killed himself, I had some weird new 
responsibility to not to not die quick because my my brother and my mother would have to go through that again with their with me. Whereas before, I hadn't thought I hadn't seen like what happens with people when that happens. So I saw it, and then I was like, I can't let this happen with me. And I was, I think, thirty one. So one night I, I drank. Um, it was a weird night. I decided to get some, um, like a like a bottle of J and B, which was like like a wine size bottle, like a seven fifty milliliter. And I got a twelve pack of like some kind of crappy beer. And I sit down and I had some ice. And I drink that. I went through that bottle pretty fast, and I drink the twelve pack. And then I had some Lucy's of like Tall Boys uh, in the fridge, like. So let's say three and I drank those and then I'm standing there and 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 I just watched like the same movie like four times in a row that's what I, that's the way I was living and I was like I should walk over to my mother's house to see if she has any loose beers in, my, in the fridge like my stepfather usually has beers and I realized I wasn't drunk and so I call my mother and I say whatever I tell you tomorrow don't listen to me um, just bring me to a detox. Like I, I said, don't don't listen to me bullshit you. Don't you know? Don't let me tell you I'm just too tired. So she woke me up, and when she woke me up, I was still wasted. I mean, yeah, you feel drunker waking up. I, I mean, I, it was weird. You know what was happening with me? I, I I never got to that point where like with drinking that that amount. But that there was dark periods after the house fire where I was drinking every day to a extremely troubling degree. To, for any normal person, isn't it like, weird that I was and, and, there for and, the house fire, but I wasn't there for all of the years before or after it? That's so. That weird. I came yeah. back to visit one time. Yeah. Fucking house burns down. <laughs> yeah. But I, when I was uh, when I was drinking like the, the at the highest the highest amounts, I was was drinking. I, I felt sober, mm. and I'd be like, I drank. I've had twelve beers, and I don't really feel anything. And then it would start to like really kick in later. So you you'd you feel wake like, up and you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was just a delayed reaction. You're like, I gotta go to fucking work. And you guys want to hear some silly shit? Of course. Sure. Okay. Two songs have been written about me. One is the last song on Dagobah's record, which is called oh, I know. Life or Boobless. That song's about me. A girl, an old girlfriend, wrote a song about me, and she sent it to me to say, is this okay? But this is a girl that I haven't been with since the 90s, right? She sends me this thing, and it's just a list of shit about me. It's just a, and, and it's and it's totally, totally clear. It's just it's honest, but it's weird. You know, it's yeah. just weird stuff. And she's singing in this band called Joan of Arc, which you probably remember from when yeah, you yeah. didn't have this girl singing in the band. Yeah, so it was Tim Casella, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she started singing for them a few years ago or whatever. And this record's coming out. And there's a song that is fucking acapella. Oh, so there isn't even, there isn't even something a hiding what she's saying. There's nothing hiding what she's saying. Yeah. So she calls me. She says, is this okay? And I said, yes. What I didn't say is this. If you have to fucking ask if it's okay, it's not okay. you probably <laughs> need to think about what you're doing. Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're going to be really, like, I don't know. It's fucking art. Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't ask. The last thing in the world I'm ever going to do is ask somebody. If what I'm trying to create do creatively is all right, right. So war's fucking. And place more, to or less, be. more often than that, you're never you would have never heard that song anyway, right? No, I would have never heard that song, right? I so, mean, so then what the fuck does it matter? Well, I, I think that she might have heard from somebody that my father killed himself, wow. and she brings up this weird shit about my father shooting somebody 
when I was a kid. Um, Because, you know, I think that she felt guilty about maybe that that was in in there. But I don't know what... I don't know. But uh, So she felt guilty or some shit, you think? Or she just felt... She felt I don't know I don't know she had some felt some responsibility to ask me if it was okay and I said yes it's okay because I'm not going to tell somebody that can't they made something and they can't put it on the record but I will say this it didn't uh, it wasn't going very well when I when I when I heard it but whatever well um, Joan of Arc was never a good band and then also if they're doing acapella songs now they're I don't know why I don't are you know still why making records like I don't know why it's like that yeah why are you still making um, records stop it just I don't know. But, you know, I have no hard feelings about her or anything. It was just a weird thing. But of the two songs that get written about me... Um, Which you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> the Big song is actually a really good song. I love that song. Um, I didn't know it was about you. Yeah. 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 The lyric, it's like, we were all very close. We were all... Uh, it was, a, you know, a time... You know, we weren't supportive of each other, and we we're kind of you know dudes like we were critical of each other, and we we're assholes about everything and all that. But a lot of that came from just the 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 anxiety from you know if you have to save up enough money to go on tour, and then when you get back, you're not going to have a job, and you have to find a job really fast, and it, and you're trying to juggle all this shit, and it's really stressful. I didn't know that I was I thought that I was angry all those years, like I was an angry person. I didn't realize that the anxiety was just so fucking high that I was like on edge. Anxiety and that I was about so like, like making ends meet, like living everything. Yeah, driving. I mean, I was when we first did the tours. Uh, I was the only one that drove, so that means, you know, I'm doing ten hours driving, play, sleep in the van. You know, eight hours driving, Rough. play, sleep in the van, six hours driving, and you just, you know. I, th- I thought somebody told me I don't know who this was that Mike really started to struggle with like anxiety and like almost the he was on that last tour on that last it got tour worse like usually the more you play the less anxiety you have about playing but what you're describing oh, it was, is like it wasn't the, about the whole playing, situation was anxiety and, yeah it wasn't stress. about playing it, it was about uh, personal stuff with like he had stuff going on in his life like his girlfriend and stuff like that and somehow he had just sort of like busted a brain cell on just you know like he had lost it on something and so everything was just fucked up and um that blunt band had plenty of anxiety problems I mean one time we were getting ready to we were at the other practice space down the road mm-hmm. put all the shit in the van and then Paul's doing this he's going you know he's just eyes are wide like he's freaked out and and he he gets out of the van he starts walking around he doesn't know how he can't talk and we're like, what's going on? And he's having such bad anxiety that basically could... That was the only show I think we ever uh, canceled. Something was going on with this yeah. guy. Anyway, anyway. Um, you know, the, those are hard... Uh, some of that stuff is really pretty difficult stuff. There are guys that are really... They get, they know how to compartmentalize everything and like they show up super professional. They, they know how to set up their stuff anywhere in the world, play, make that work, Write their shit down, and then, then whatever you can, whatever, and they can just do that all the time. And Lynx was good at that part. The part when we weren't playing was really messed up. You know, didn't know what to do yourself. I'm Unless, sorry, what? Didn't know what to do with yourselves when you. No, it was just, it was just everybody was button heads about everything. We just weren't, we weren't treating each other very well, and 
if anybody's guilty of that, it would be it would I would be the worst offender. But we just we couldn't just be good to each other. There was no support. Yeah, no, it was we were, we were fighting. I mean, it was just a big a big fight, and that's that's, that's I think the, that's, that's the, the thing case I noticed about um, all a lot of the Cape Cod folks. Um, Paul being the only one in links from that crew that they kind of like love each other, but they're they were especially back in the day really really harsh to each other. Yeah. And um, well, I guess it's when you for some people when you when you know people that long and you know them as well as you do, or you well you know them as well as you think you do. You know, you you lose sight of like friendship and or lose sight of like civil activities I guess and you just you get under you're like moving through life with just like I don't give a fuck about anybody else except for me. Well, a lot of the apart a lot of the apartments and houses that we lived in with a lot of those same people it, it was it was like the living situation was always stressful Ugh, and it was yeah. I mean people that people that people that in, in you technically like loved as friends but you'd want to fucking kill them yeah yeah yeah. I, I'm, I'm, and it I'm guilty of that fucking shit for sure. Yeah, you know? and it, like I said, I I bring a lot of this with me. I I, I know I, I know that I'm not the one creating all of this, right? You know what I mean. But when you're the guy that's sitting in the living room, when you have the roommate that doesn't really dare use the living room because I'm just I'm putting off this fucking thing, which is how I always felt about Kevin. It's like he he would just sort of. I'm not saying he was scared of me, but no. no the, I, what I mean is just I'm. I was like a. I was like a dark cloud sitting there, and he yeah. just didn't want anything to do with it. And I, I take responsibility for, sort of just putting that out there, like kind you of. A were, negative, I mean, you were tough. Negativity. There's no doubt about that. There's I a mean, negativity. About you're not an accessible person. Yeah. Like when I met you, I mean, it was. It, it, it was very clear that you didn't really have. That much interest in like getting to know, you know. Well, I was. Like, it, it was just like you know, you're just some other guy, you know. And I, and it was a, it was not a warm feeling. Well, everything that I was trying to do, that I spent a lot of time trying to trying to make work for me, was dead, and I had failed in a magnificent way. And um, so I mean, I had Watertown, no real Watertown, like at the end. Water, yeah, Watertown is the place to go to die. That was that was where that was where I went. Yeah, and it burned down. Yeah, yeah, an effigy. I mean, if you think about it, if if everybody was in a good state of mind, there could have been all kinds of uh, music stuff getting done there. And the reason why things don't get done, even I mean, not a lot of things get done that I that I see or I are I'm part of. It has to do with organization. You, if if I could take fucking any three guys and go to a house and you know you have one whole month where nobody's working and you just your job is to either play music make food or just relax um, and then you put that together see that's what professionals do you know what I mean but it's hard for people to be able to do that yeah when you're when you're working you know making $12 an hour working at a fucking retail store yeah. or whatever I don't you know it's, right. it's tough and then also the kind of behavior that went on in that house. Well, we were which all, was we were all dudes, and we were all drinking a fucking shit ton. Yeah, and th- that that kind of activity just begets more fucking shit like that. You, you you come home, I come home, and like Scott's already half in the bag or whatever at the time, and I'm like, all right, I'll, I guess I'll sit and watch a three hour Red Sox game and drink like a half a rack of beer, and then just pass out. You know, that's yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. 
every night. Yeah, me too. Yep. I mean, you know, hot box in the the living room, with just ripping cigarettes. Yep. Over. It's weird how you can be uh, clo- you can be close to people, and it's just it's still very like it's very there's at least a low level of hostility there, and I don't even know really where all that shit builds up, but. The fact that we probably didn't have a lot of communication skills or or whatever. No. And this is the kind of stuff, sure. like, you sort of re-raise yourself in your 30s, you know? Like, I just turned 40, and I I kind of I straightened out. I, I could see what was wrong by 30, what I was doing wrong. Also, you know, detox helped. I mean, my I squared my head away pretty well. I'm a little bit fucked up still, but, um, but I kind of, like... Re-raised myself and figured out how I wanted to be or how, how I wanted my life to be, um, sort of, you know. But I mean, now I'd just be like, "You seem upset about this. Is that what's going on, Let's or is it the?" It. I would just deal with everything. Good. That's you great. know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I'd probably be a decent roommate these days. I was a pretty bad <laughs> one before. I mean, I was always, I always had the money. I don't think you were a bad roommate. I mean, you were you were clean. You didn't like leave shit hanging around. You know, you yeah, no, 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 I'm not a. You were, you were just, you were just, you were just <laughs> I fucking. Just, I just, I, yeah, I was, I was, I was just not that fun to be around most of the time. You know, yeah. I think I do that to my present roommate and bandmate because I actually still have a roommate situation. Like I think he has to suffer through because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pissed off all the time. My life isn't really what I want it to be right now, and like. I think I just repel. Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, he probably just wants to get away from me because I'm, I'm just, just a, miserable, just darkness. Yeah, and I, I mean, and, and but at the same time, I'm like, all right, well, I've known you for like what, twenty years or something, and so it's pretty easy to be to just unload a bunch of shit on him that he probably, I probably, I should be trying to deal with in a different way. Well, I don't like break stuff and smash stuff up like I used to at least well, I've kind of sorted out that that's vision. growth right? I, I mean you've seen me smash up some stuff yep so I the thing that. I can get I got I can get a hold of and really deal with is my actual behavior what actually you know comes out that I can handle that's fine but I still have the part where I go you know this motherfucker's gonna you know like those things are going through my head but as far as the actual it, it coming out and anything happening, that part's pretty much dealt with. But, you know, my thinking is always a little bit, you know, bonkers, crackers. It's all right. Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I'm enjoying it at this point. I mean, I'm not, there's no fucking way that shit's changing, so. Yeah. I mean, this is it. But I would like to do more things, music-wise. Yeah. Um, I'm in the middle of selling my house. My, my phone kept on ringing because it's, Messages, but it's probably the real estate person being like, "Can we show the house?" Blah blah blah. Yeah, being in the middle of that sucks because you have to keep your house like really nice, like inside. I saw some pictures of it. it. Looks really nice. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm trying to live there while they're showing it. Sure. It's just, it's just a shitty thing to go through. But. You still have the swim goggles? I don't. Handy. In case, I think in those case. were nuts. And I don't think he knew that I did that, but. Because they didn't catch me. You did used to wear goggles or giant sunglasses towards the end of links, right? I wore these sunglasses that were like in Qualms. You had the the S the San Francisco Skate Club. I don't know sunglasses. <laughs> I don't. I don't, rem- I don't remember I don't, any of that. Shit. I, well, I, I mean, it's not surprising I that I well. might. I, th- I thought you had the. They were uh, like fluorescent, maybe sides, and that makes sense. Yeah. 
I just remember you wearing these big, like, uh, all, you know, like huge, I don't know. I remember some sort of I, I wear. Because you said you were smacking yourself in the face mm. with a stick well, accidentally. The reason why, at, at some point I started wearing, one, I, I kept on rupturing my eyeball. Yeah. Because I'd hit my eye. Um, but the other thing is, if you, um, when I play, I try to keep my head down because I don't like drummer faces. <laughs> I don't like what people do when they play the drums. They, sure. they look fucking, they look stupid. Like, they look like they're trying to shit like or Doug, something. Like Doug Sharon. So, something wrong. Making this fucking goofy happy and, face the, all the time. And, and it's... And it's not even their fault in a lot of cases. It's just they can't help this weird look. So I try to keep my head down. But the problem is, is that means that when you raise your head up, it looks like you're rolling your eyes back in your head, which I'm not doing on purpose. I'm not a fucking actor. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm not doing this on purpose. Yeah, sure. So you put the sunglasses on so people can't see you doing that because people keep on referencing it. Really? And, 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 yeah, they kept on bringing Fuck. it up. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not doing that on purpose. That's not something you do. I mean... Well, who cares? What gives a fuck? Yeah, but there there are people that actually do that on purpose. <laughs> but see, that's the that's the that's what really convinced me is we recorded with Bob Weston, and he brought up how rolling your head your eyes back in your head was Todd's thing. <laughs> Todd Trainer. Yeah, and I go and I was like, uh, and Mike was like, uh, anyway, what? What the fuck I, does I, that I mean? Like, I think he's doing it on purpose. That's oh really? Yeah, he's like uh, acting or something. I don't know, but anyway, I wasn't doing it on purpose. But but that conversation made it sound like I was trying to do what somebody else was doing, which is they even were more calling embarrassing. Calling you out on that—that's kind of fucking. Ass, I don't know. I, it seems very petty. It, uh, it, it all is really, yeah, isn't it? Yes, right. But. So you say you're gonna you wanted to start playing again? Are you oh yeah, I think I should be playing. You uh, should I'm be. selling my house. I'm gonna try to stop doing what I'm doing for work for the most part. Um, I'm at a weird place. Uh, I tried the whole owning a house and sh- all that stuff. I didn't find it to be. So what are you gonna do after you sell it? Well, I have a little piece of land. I'm going to build something really small on it, or I won't. I'll just put up a camper or something and then just try to start living in a different way. Because I I did this house thing for nine years. You can't have a four-bedroom with three cats and just just you and cats. It's just stupid. And, you know, I mean, at some point you go, like... You know, the girl thing didn't fill itself in. Mm-hmm. You know, you try this, you try that, but if that doesn't seem like it's working out, I kind of just, at this point, I realize that I'm sort of alone, and that's kind of the way my life is. And I'm all right with that. I'm not, you know, complaining. But, like, I, I'm just not, like, partnered up, you know? Sure. So so having, or having a kid or whatever. So at that point, you just get rid of the house. You really, you know, you really should consider getting back into the playing because you you still have like nice brown hair, mm. like good hair. Still, yeah. guys, forty years old. You know, you, I, 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 both I, going, on, going, going on stage with like a lot of gray hair. It's like, it's, like it doesn't uh, feel good. Grandpa. Yeah. yeah, but even back in that when I saw the Jesus Lizard play in like the early, it was like maybe ninety three or something like that. Uh, Dwayne Dennison's hair was already straight up gray, all of it. Like that's true. You know. Dennis's hair has been gray for yeah. No, he started. They Dennis used to call him the born with gray. They used to call him the the silver fox mm. in Chicago. My dad used to have silver fox shampoo for his gray hair. I don't know if they still make it, but I I probably should check it out. Why would you call it silver fox? Wouldn't you call it like brown Betty or something like just because you want to make your hair? No, no, no. Was, was it to not, like highlight? Not, it does not. It's, it's not, not to change the color. Oh, it's it's, just... it's shampoo specifically for people with gray hair. Like it's, it's rough. 
Yeah, your hair, your hair get, as it turns gray, it changes yeah. structurally. It's not soft. good. It's yeah. weird. And I've always had like weird hair that was like kind of unmanageable, and then it gets gray, and it's even it's even stranger. Yeah, not a fan. No. One forward. of the strange things about getting older is that I realize recent. Well, I realized this recently is that I'm not as good looking. Like I just don't look as young or whatever. Sure. But I'm way more attractive. <laughs> in what way? It, it, like, it, like, it, I, well, for one thing, I can be charming at this point in my life oh, if I sure. want to be. Like, I can, I can, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm just more attractive in a general sense. I mean, even to, even if we're not talking about, you know, romantic relationship stuff, anything. I'm you mean just like more just attractive. Any kind of situation. Like, Every sort of conversation. Everything. Yeah. Uh, way more. So, but, but, you know, you get older and you feel like you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, you're starting to look old. Um, sure. But Fucking then you go, you know, I'm still way more attractive somehow. Then. Than I was back then. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It all comes with, it's all weird. I kind of, I think the reason why I didn't go bald or have really gray hair is because I, I was kind of into that stuff. Like, I was, like, into the idea. Of getting... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting on I that. say embrace what's coming, right? No matter how bad or weird sure, it's going to get. You just, say, you just say, bring on that shit. Like, let's get old right now. And then it doesn't really feel like you it can't happens. fucking fight it. Well, you were real, real baby-faced, too. I mean, still are. So. Well, I was younger than everyone. I was always the youngest person. I mean, yeah. in Phyllis, they were they had a good four years. You on me. really looked like a cherub, and you were <laughs> you were like 130 pounds, maybe yeah, with a yeah. backpack on. Yeah, yeah. No, I was. I didn't have much weight on me at all. Uh, but I, I basically had the same body since fifth grade. I've always just been like the same. I don't know. That, that sort of. How thing. much do you weigh? Do you know how much you weigh? About 165, which is about 10 more than uh, like. When things when I'm busy, that's I'm low one sixties usually. Yeah, I got a scale at CBS. I was curious. Yeah, and I also needed to make sure I you needed to weigh. Tabs I needed to weigh my dog because my dog I think was getting kind of fat, and make I couldn't sure tell you, if it was fur or, if, or she actually was gaining weight. I, I reduced. That's good. I reduced her kibble amount. Um, those yeah, those one vary day, a lot. You have to use a weight of some kind that you know the, what it weighs, like a 10-pound yeah, weight, and put it on there and calibrate it. Because yeah. otherwise, it's like way up and down. Yep. But That's just water weight. Don't worry about it. Oh, dude, I mean, I'm bloated all on, a day, on a day, wait, if you have a good shit, then your day is going to be fucking amazing. Oh, of course. You're you going to be like a thin person have, all day long, shit. If you have it at 10 o'clock, good. But if you, if you have it at 3... So half the day's gone. Fuck it. Might as well just hold it until tomorrow. Just yeah, wait. Yeah, I hear that's good for you. So, uh, do you have any offers in your house? You know, this fucking uh, this woman uh, made an offer. Uh, I countered, and then she accepted the counter, and then a little bit of time went by, and then she made she made all these demands in an addendum. That were unreasonable, so I came back with like some kind of reasonable compromise, and then she kicked out because she was trying to kick her, get kicked out. <laughs> she was trying to end that oh, okay. yeah, legally, so. and that, and the reason why, and I didn't know this when I agreed to the number or whatever, whatever, is that she has five kids, and I don't. She's just stacking kids on top of kids. I only have a one ba- bathroom. I don't know what the fuck she was thinking anyway. So it's, it's a four bedroom. Five though, kids, but it has one bathroom. Yeah, shit. 
It's it's eighteen sixties. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm surprised. It, I actually, it has an it has an indoor, his and hers outhouse. Like they sit next to each other, so you can like sit there and shit next to somebody. <laughs> and uh, and it has a little tiny uh, horse barn. Even though I'm in the middle of the city, like it's old enough for that weird shit to be there. Sure. But uh, it's in pretty good shape. I bought it for nothing, and I and I fixed it up. It took a, quite a while. So it, it represents a lot of shit work. So. You know, I'll make. A I lot think of money. I saw pictures of it. Like, I'll make. I'll make a lot of money on it when I say a lot to me. Whatever a lot to me is, but yeah. I just saw this one picture of this big room with your drums, like in the corner in pieces. That's all. That's oh yeah, and they, uh, there's a lot of drums around. I just gave one one of the sets to a guy I work with. Do you still have the the red Gretsch? Yeah, that that drum set's still around. That that's actually a Nathan's because I played once last year. For, oh, that, for like a whole day to record this uh, this weird thing where oh I remember him posting um, I, I, I think it was your it was your drum kit and from the way it was set up I was like that's gotta be it was like a mystery like I have a mystery drummer coming in or something like uh, and I could tell it was you by the way it was set up it just he, looked he like wanted, you were set up he wanted me to play with a guy that he knew but I didn't know and he wanted to improvise just uh, straight up play like you know whatever and see how see how that went and it went okay it sounded okay I sound really rusty but other than that I mean it was sounded it sounded okay you just do those weird slow changes where you know you just lead into stuff so people can tell you're kind of changing and you just slowly do that shit and I don't have that really anymore that's a weird thing about playing with somebody for a decent amount of time is like with Paul I could just start Start doing anything and it would be fine. It, I mean, he'd be able to he'd be able to go with me, but with people that you don't know that well or whatever, it's it's, it's a different kind of thing. Yeah, it takes a lot more. I don't know. It takes a while to get there. Look, um, I'm hungry and I should eat my, my yeah. snack. Let's go. And I think um, I think it was good. Thanks yeah. for coming down. Yeah, sure. I think we got a lot. That's probably that the, was really good. That's probably the deepest it's ever gone. I mean, as far as weight and timeline too. Sure. Also, uh, there was good humor. Yeah, I well, probably left some people out as well, which I, you know, that's right. sorry about that. They I probably deserve it. Well, you know, I just, you know, this isn't like my job or nothing, you know. I mean,